Welcome to Strange Familiars. How are you doing tonight, Allison? I'm doing well. My cord keeps falling off the desk, so my headphone cord is too long for... It needs to be retractable or something. Just sit it on the desk. I did, but then it came off. It's, yeah. it's not... There's a whole thing. How are you doing tonight, Tim? I'm doing okay, except for my headphone cord, which is really bugging me. How's your headphone cord doing tonight? It's bugging me, apparently. But hey. We're here with pleasant company. Absolutely. Our strange familiars listeners. Absolutely. And we got a good show tonight. I'm going to be talking to Kyle, who saw this apparition of a sailor in the middle of the road, which he drove into because he couldn't stop in time. And he saw it come through his car as he drove through it. But he's got a bunch of other stories, too, about seeing this strange red eye shine, an orb, something that was roaring and kind of howling at him from the rushes. And can't have a show without some nighttime invaders, right? You really can't. <laughs> got some nighttime invaders. Does everyone have nighttime invaders? I mean, a lot of people have nighttime invaders. I mean, beyond just like I wake up at three in the morning and just worry myself into dry heaving till it's time to wake up more than those kind of bedroom invaders. No, but you know. But like, yeah, I've had the other kind too. I don't know which I prefer. Yeah, yeah. I had a pretty intense dream the other night, which I'm not going to tell here because I'm saving it for a show. I had a bad dream last night too, but it was not metaphysical. It was just mm. anxiety over time. Just putting in the extra hours. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> Paid time off? No, not from anxiety. Before we get to Kyle, I would like to thank our patrons. Strange Familiars is brought to you by our patrons. We could not do the show without them. We wouldn't want to do the show without them. Thank you so much, patrons. Thank you for your support. If you like what we do and you'd like to help us continue to make Strange Familiars and get extra content besides, you can become a patron at Patreon, patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. All of our patrons get commercial-free versions of the weekly episode plus two full extra episodes of Strange Familiars exclusive to our patrons every month. To check it out, again, go to patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. All right, let's go ahead and get to Kyle. I'd like to welcome Kyle to the show. How are you doing tonight, Kyle? I'm doing good. You reached out with an interesting subject line to your email that kind of got me hooked, and I'm interested to hear what this is about. It sounds like you got a, a variety of stories here, but well, I want to hear them all, but I'm interested in this, uh, this old-timey sailor man, or, or however you described it. Well, that, that was, um, if we're going in chronological order, that would be the first major experience that I had in my life that was... Uh, very much unexplainable. Okay. So I'm born and raised in Maryland, and right out of high school, I, I took off and 
moved to North Carolina, uh, just north of Charlotte, and, and was going to school down there. Mm-hmm. While I was in school, I actually went into business for myself in you know, like sales and marketing. And there, I had a, a late business meeting. Um, this is back in 2005 at a late business meeting with a bunch of people. And there's not a whole lot to the story, but it is absolutely bizarre. After the, the we had our business meeting, we, we uh, like grabbed bites to eat. I wasn't even old enough to drink at that point in time. Like there, there wasn't any drinking. This is a professional business setting. So once that wrapped up, I started driving home and there's a highway that goes like northbound from Charlotte area through an area called Statesville and up to Mooresville where I was. It was around one in the morning, I would say, just driving home as normal. And I was on that interstate highway. All of a sudden, there is an apparition of a naval sailor that appeared directly in front of my car. Um, I was driving a Camaro at the time and it was one o'clock in the morning. And during a weeknight, there wasn't any traffic. I I immediately slammed on my brakes because it looked like a a person was standing in front of my car. That's, that's what it was. Mm -hmm. But as it was such a, close distance to my car and going 70 miles an hour, 65, whatever I was doing, I didn't have time to stop. And as I'm coming to an abrupt halt, this person, this sailor looking guy passes literally through my vehicle, like through the passenger section of my vehicle. Wow. I'm literally getting goosebumps. Like I, I get goosebumps every time I tell this. Anyway, like I, my head is turning with it as it's passing through my Camaro. So like, as I'm seeing it go through my car, it's basically like I'm seeing like the midsection of this apparition that just goes through my car. And as I turn my head all the way around, it just dis- disappears at the end of my car. Wow. And I'm, I'm like at a dead stop on the interstate. And what's really weird is that this is like in Charlotte, North Carolina. I don't, there's not a naval, <laughs> naval base there, but it, it like he's dressed in like Navy whites. Okay. And it was just absolutely bizarre. So yeah, that's what happened. This is not the first apparition going through a car story we've had on the show really yeah i'm almost certain there's been one more where somebody similar story they were going down the road they suddenly this thing appears in front of them they tried to break and this thing came through their car like not physically or you know phased through however you want to put it yeah 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 so did it look like a like a solid thing when you saw it you know how like you can uh, adjust the transparency of a uh, of an image mm-hmm. if you go into um, into the settings. Uh, like I would say that if you were in that type of settings, like where you're adjusting the transparency of an object in Photoshop or whatever, it would probably be at like an eighty percent. Okay. So like it's not entirely solid, but it looks 
really solid when it looks like you're about to run into it with your car. Sure. Like, yeah. like yeah. I was not thinking this is a ghost uh, when I saw it. Like, it looked like a person. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I, I can't really wrap my head around why this Navy sailor, this, like, old-timey-looking Navy sailor in whites would, would show up in that area of the world since it's not, like... A coastal naval area mm-hmm. you know like i live in maryland now like if i was driving through annapolis that that would maybe make sense with the navy base there right, but right, charlotte yeah. north carolina doesn't make any sense my grandfather he was in the navy he passed away when my mom was two i never knew him and he died in the navy uh, but i'm familiar enough with his image to know that it also that it was not him mm-hmm but yeah, it was it was bizarre. I'm I'm really gonna have to go back and look up the episode of the other uh, other story where some yeah I'll have to try to somebody else's car. Yeah, I'll have to try to find out what that which one that was. I'm pretty sure it was on an episode. It was either on an episode or someone else contacted me recently with the same similar story, and I'm, I'm trying to remember. But I think it was on an episode. I think it was on an episode. What it was, though, I I can ask the people in Discord. They usually are pretty good with. But uh, okay. yeah, yeah, wow. And this isn't the first kind of sailor thing. We One of our disembodied leg stories was the person said they could tell Ugh. it was like sailor's legs. Ugh. But that was near a military base, though. Yeah, yeah I, that in my mind makes a little bit more sense. Although mm-hmm. I would much rather see a full body apparition than just some legs running around. Yeah, yeah that just seems odd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So obviously no damage to your car. Did you yeah. just shake it off and keep going? I mean, there's nothing else for you to do. Yeah. You, you yeah. have to, like, I'm at a dead stop on the main highway. Right. You know, it's the middle of the night, and there's not really traffic. So, yeah, I just went home and just kind of laid in my bed, like, pondering what in the world just happened. Mm-hmm. There was nothing, like good or bad about the experience it was just bizarre like really really weird so yeah that would be the first of the weird experiences jumping ahead by a pretty significant amount of time in 2018 so i i used to live in baltimore for a number of years prior to that i was in new york but after I lived in Baltimore for about five years, I moved back over to the eastern shore of Maryland, mm-hmm. Chestertown area, if you're familiar with that, Kent County. Mm-hmm. Not much over here. It's just like farm land and watermen. That's basically it. But luckily, I work online, so uh, I can do that anywhere. Right. Anyway, the, uh, so I had just gotten back. I left Baltimore, went traveling abroad for about four months with my new girlfriend at the time, Lauren, who I'm still with. And we were back and we we're living on the Eastern Shore in the in a family house that's actually been in the family, I want to say it's the late 30s or early 40s. My great-grandfather built it. Mm-hmm. And probably a year or two after that, after us coming over here, I was sleeping in our guest bedroom because I, I don't know if you're a night owl or anything like that. I'm, I'm just, I'm guessing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah definitely. <laughs> but, 
Lauren is very much not very much a morning person and she's also a light sleeper. So every now and then, since I stay up late a lot of the nights, and this will go in, that's a thing that'll go into a couple of the stories. It's a trend, mm-hmm. me staying up late. I stayed up probably till like three or four in the morning and went to bed in the spare bedroom so I wouldn't wake up Lauren and mess up for sleep. So anyway, she gets up, goes off to work and everything. I, I don't even notice that. But probably around, I want to say, eight or nine in the morning. And again, this is around 2018. I woke up and this is typical sleep paralysis story of like i woke up completely unable to breathe eyes wide open couldn't even turn my head but it felt like an elephant was sitting on my chest Mm. like it felt it really felt like something was trying to kill me and i've had all kinds of things sleep wise throughout my entire life I've been a sleepwalker into my late twenties, maybe early thirties. Like I even got out of my camping tent with my parents as a child and started sleeping, walking down a campground in the middle of New Jersey somewhere when I was young. Yeah. Like weird stuff. Old roommate, we had a two story apartment and I would wake up on the, an opposite floor of where I actually went to bed. Like uh, I talk in my sleep. I was locked. And I also have a lucid dream quite frequently, but I've never felt anything like this, the sleep paralysis where, and I've never had it since just that massive weight on my chest, completely unable to move, unable to like inhale and get that breath of air that you need so desperately and and wouldn't and like panic setting in. And it just felt like there was like this dark entity or spirit that was doing this. And again, this is a completely new experience. I didn't really know much of anything about sleep paralysis at that point in time. I found out quite a bit about it afterward. Right. And, and some different uh, entities that have been given names around the world in different cultures about these entities that come in and they kill young, healthy men in their sleep and basically by suffocation. Hmm. So the strange thing about it, it did almost feel, aside from the panic and stuff set in, it did feel like there was a sense of an expanded consciousness. Like I was more aware of the surroundings than I should have been, even though I wasn't able to like turn my head Mm -hmm. and breathe. But it, it finally like went away in like an instant and I was unable to breathe and got up and yeah, got out of that room pretty quick. And also pretty unexplainable. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, it's bad enough being paralyzed, not being able to breathe, it's just panic. Luckily I've never had that part of it. You haven't had the not able to breathe part? No, I have not. But you have had like the paralysis aspect oh, yeah. of it, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I felt like I had heard you mention that in a couple past episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But the breathing thing would really bother me, I think. That would be really upsetting. Oh, it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and otherwise, like, a healthy young adult, you know, and feeling something like that, it, it was uh, pretty terrifying. 
so I mentioned how a night owl and stay up late at night working on my computer and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That along with another thing is going to be relevant to a couple of these other stories. So sometimes if I've had like a stressful day, like there are meditative practices that I do, like Wim Hof breathing techniques. And now, mm-hmm. I don't think I did that at that point in time with sleep paralysis. I definitely did like six days meditation and stuff like that, which has always found very, very useful. But anyway, outside of that, but I had a particularly stressful day and it was nice outside. I would go out and just drive at night and end up finding a place to park and just look up at the night sky because like it's nothing but fields around here. So it's super clear, beautiful night skies. I mean, you can see like Baltimore skylights across the bay from where we are. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that is it is pretty cool. It's 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 a real like beautiful area as far as natural beauty, and like over here, you grow up hunting and fishing and all that stuff. More so as a kid than I do now, but very familiar with nature and all that. But anyway, like being able to get out and just enjoy the night sky at like twelve at night, you can sit on the back road, pulled over and never see a car for hours around here until the farmers get up, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So like that's a typical thing that I do from time to time. This is a brief experience, but it was a night that I had done that back in, I want to say it was around November of 2019. I wrote down a few things just to like the dates along with some of these experiences, just um, in general timeframes, just Mm -hmm. to keep it in, keep track of what we're talking about. But I'd been out, for probably a couple hours just decompressing and heading back, whether that was to go to sleep or continue with work on my computer, I'm not really sure, but it has very much stuck with me. So I'm going around this bend on the way home and very familiar with it, have to pass it every day on the way in or out of town. And I see these red eyes in the woods as I'm going around this turn and the red eyes that I see are not red eyes that I've ever seen in nature and like growing up hunting fishing and in this kind of like natural environment you're very you get very familiar with the types of eye shine that that's out there mm-hmm. and what kind of creatures give those off what kind of animals do you know, at Eastern Shore of Maryland, we've got deer, raccoon, possum, coyote that are around here. And uh, there have been a few sightings of bobcats in the general area as well recently. And, I mean, if, you, if you're if you near the waterline, like, maybe you'll spot, like, a nutria or muskrat or, um, you know, an otter, mm-hmm. something along those lines. The only other animal that's I can say that I've seen in the wild that has eye shine that with eyes that large as well as spaced that far apart from one another, at least, or at least similar to it would be moose in Rangeley, Maine. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been up there camping twice and it had about the same distance of width as far as from the eyes as about a moose maybe a little bit closer together than that. 
uh, but the eyes themselves seemed about to be that size. Mm-hmm. This is probably about 40 feet in the wood line around November, and there aren't any leaves on the trees and everything like that. But the weirdest thing about eyes that were that big, that large, and that far apart from one another, as well as that color, is that it was only about two and a half feet off the ground. Hmm. It was really low to the ground. And I didn't make out a figure of what, I didn't see a body or anything like that. It was just, it, it shined back at me as I was going around this bend. And it's, I think about it every time I go around this corner, every single time. And I look into that same spot. Like, And it's one of those things that you'll never know what it was. I mean, this is, I've seen black bear eye shine. I've seen like mountain lion in North Carolina. Like this wasn't anything like that. And even though we don't even have those in the area. Right. And at this point in my life, I'm not listening to anything Bigfoot related or anything like that. I ended up like running down a Bigfoot rabbit hole in, in a roundabout way. I like listening to podcasts and you know stories while i work mm-hmm. um or i'll play movies in the background or something like that so i, I was listening to like this kind of like weird made up bigfoot stories and then i was like and then i ended up coming across like sasquatch chronicles and hearing like people's supposedly first-hand accounts mm-hmm. and you know i never discounted the existence of something like that to be out of the question, but it never really gave it much thought, especially living in LA, or spending most of my time in either major cities or on the Eastern shore of Maryland, which there aren't any like large animals like that, or if you consider it to be an animal. But after like, I started hearing these people's like firsthand accounts. I, I it's kind of one of those things where like, if, if something catches my interest, I obsess over it. And mm-hmm. after seeing those eyes, it kind of made me obsess about some things in that direction. Uh, about maybe a year or so after that, I started really digging into that and like consuming everything that I could find. And I work in like online data and, and marketing in that area. So I, I get to like see what everybody is searching for as far as like anything Bigfoot or Sasquatch related. Oh, that's and interesting. Run down all kinds. Of, yeah, yeah. Like I've got all kinds of spreadsheets, man. It, it's oh, wild. That's cool. <laughs> but like hearing people's the terror in some people's voices, mm-hmm. just, like telling the first hand accounts and hearing about the weird ways that they sometimes move on all fours yeah, and, and sometimes even lower to the ground. That's the only thing. And like where my lights were shining, that's in a uh, wildlife sanctuary type of area. Mm-hmm. It's hundreds of acres that no one hunts and it's untouched, right? So it would be it, like no one goes back there. There's a nature trail that you can do. It's a drive-through nature trail, and that's it. Uh, that's only open during the day. Otherwise, it's gated off, and that's only sometimes of the year. But the area is flush with, like, crops and wild game. And having something like duck down and take cover behind a big tree that I ended up seeing was there 
the next day in light as cars come in, they wouldn't want to be spotted. Like this is all hearsay. Like I like the speculation. Mm-hmm. Something crouch crouch down and doesn't want to be seen, or could be moving around on all fours. Whether it was a Bigfoot or not, I don't know, man. Most people out there wouldn't say that it's the most logical thing to jump to. Right, right. But if you had seen it, anybody that would have seen these eyes would have really uh, thrown you for a loop. I did a pretty deep dive when I shine for where the footprint's in. And as far as I know, in our area, at least, uh, East Coast kind of, I'm in Pennsylvania, so I'm not terribly far away. As far as I know, the only large animal that can have red eye shine, doesn't have to, but can have red eye shine, it depends on their diet, is the bear. Mm. <laughs> the known animal, I'm saying here. So you really eliminate a lot of things it could be, you know, when, when you're talking red eye shine, especially if it's big, you know, because... Yeah. Coyotes, I think, have yellow. You know, it, there's not many things it can be when it's big and it has red eye shine. So it basically comes down to: was there a bear where it shouldn't have been, right? <laughs> Very much where it shouldn't have been. Yeah, that yeah. had the the exact right diet because their eye shine depends on what they eat. That had the exact right diet to give red eye shine instead of you know yellow or greenish or you know they they can be a number of different colors. Or was it something else, right? Those, those are the only yeah. two options. Like, you've got two options there. Either yeah. a, an anomalous bear, essentially, that's that's out of its range and what is it doing there, or something else. That's it. Like, that's what you got. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, possums, their eyes can be red. Um, and, and, like, and they're not, uh, also, they're not two and a half feet off the ground. Right. Granted, there is a tree that fell over. You know, maybe a possum could be up there, but it's also like the spacing of the eyes and how large the right, eyes were. Right, that's what I'm getting at. So, like, yeah, little, I think yeah. rats and stuff can have red eye shine. Little things can have red eye shine. It can happen. But, yeah. like, as yeah. far as big things, you know, again, I might be mistaken, but from what I recall in my research, it's very limited what can have red eye shine. Yeah, I mean, white-tailed deer and even sicker deer, like, it, it, we have sicker deer in, in Dorchester County, Maryland. Mm-hmm. It's a little Japanese deer. Um, but anyway, like, during the rut, male deer, their eyes can get reddish. Oh, they're really? not, But they're not like this. Okay. Yeah, and like, and like an orangey red. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to be, like, stop sign red. Right. Like, they were red, yeah. you know? It was just bizarre. Like I said, it's it's one of those things that sticks with you every day, especially since you have to drive by it every day. Oh yeah, yeah. So and and this is only two miles, two and a half miles from our house. Mm-hmm. But to move on, like in natural progression here, in summer of 2021, Lauren and I, we are in the process of starting to go and find some property in a state that we may want to like make our forever home, right? Mm -hmm. Let find land and build. And we're thinking we check out areas of Virginia. We check out areas of North Carolina and check out areas of Tennessee and throw some other places to, to look at as, as well on there that we haven't quite gotten to, but not really in the uh, Appalachian or Blue Ridge mountains area, more out West. Anyway, she was she also who I went traveling abroad with, 
before coming back to this property, right? Mm -hmm. So to get a lay of the land and everything, we like would rent an Airbnb for a month or two, check out the area, move on to another place for a month or two, check out the area. And we probably are going to settle on like Asheville area coming this summer, but that's besides the point. One of the areas that we first decided to take a look at was in Lynchburg, Virginia. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. It's kind of like southwestern Virginia. I've been through it, but not, you know, I'm not spending any time there. Yeah, like right on the James River. And absolutely beautiful area. Like gorgeous, gorgeous mountain views and these streams running everywhere and all kinds of like really cool, unique geology in the area too. Like that's, that's been a passion of mine for, for since I was born, really, I've been into rocks and that's also connected to another weird nighttime story that I'll tell you next. Anyway, we go down there get settled into this Airbnb for about a week or two. And uh, there are more things that I need to wrap up up here in Maryland before continuing on and progressing down to North Carolina and such. Mm -hmm. So I drive back to Maryland put some uh, some more things in deep storage kind of thing. Finally, and this date, I, I know exact. So on it was August uh, 8th of 2021, it was a Wednesday night. Um, anyway, I got all, all packed up and started driving back down to Lynchburg, Virginia. Left the house up here probably around uh between 10 and 11 and i was on the road driving in the middle of the night it was around 1 or one thirty, maybe close to 2 while i was going through virginia i was on uh james madison highway just sitting there <laughs> could have been uh listening to one of your podcasts at this <laughs> point to be honest with you but just driving and listening to a podcast. And as I'm driving out of the woods, it, first of all, like James, James Madison highway, it's route 15. Um, uh, it's a two lane highway in this area. And there's, there's no, it's like a grass median mm -hmm. that kind of like has a dip in it. There's no like concrete barrier or anything like that, but I'm coming around this like wide sloping bend and there's no traffic in either direction at this point in the night on, on this highway, as far as I can see in front of me or behind me on either, uh, either lanes. So it looks like I'm on the only, only thing on the road and on this long sloping bend, as I'm approaching Culpepper on the left, the opposite lane in the wood line, there's this, blue light that drifts out and I'm not familiar with the area. I didn't know if there's like some kind of like something pulling out and onto the road, like a merger or something. Yeah. But it, it was not a car and there was no lane there. So as I'm coming around this bend, I'm getting closer to it, but it's crossing the road. It's no vehicle. There's no spot in the middle where somebody can move from, one direction to the other mm -hmm. and this blue light comes out of the wood line there and it's just this blue orb 
it's it's a light blue orb that just floats across the lanes on the oncoming traffic, goes across the median. It does not fall in height at all, even though it dips there, crosses my side of the highway, and then disappears in the woods on the other side of the highway. About how big was it? It's somewhere in the cross between the size of a soccer ball and a basketball. Okay. It's, it's right right around that size. Mm-hmm. And as far as distance is concerned, we're looking at 75 to 100 yards away. From you? I mean, from where, yeah. From where you I mean, pro- mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, probably in the time that it start, fit, start to finish, it was probably 100 and finish at like 75, something like that. Mm-hmm. It just moved at a steady pace, and it wasn't like lighting up a lot of uh, anything. It wasn't lighting up anything. It was just like self-illuminated, yeah, like the soft glow of blue light. It was again one of those things, kind of like the sailor, where it's like, I mean, not as extreme as the sailor, but it was one of those things that I thought about the rest of the ride. Obviously, yeah, yeah, sitting there thinking what was that that was bizarre and and it's funny because like i never really paid any attention to any of the stories of people talking about orbs and stuff like that on any of the podcasts Mm -hmm. it was just like who knows what that could be you know something bioluminescent that could be like somebody with light who knows um but until you see it something like that firsthand like that that grabbed my attention pretty quick so yeah yeah, it, yeah, orbs are definitely a thing where, I mean, they come up so often on the podcast. I do sometimes worry about this because I'm sure it's interesting to people who haven't seen them. But for the people who have seen them, I think it becomes that much more interesting because you've seen them. And when you say things like, oh, it didn't light up the area around it, it was self-illuminating. I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, I've seen those. Yeah. And having seen them, it becomes like way more fascinating, I think you know, to talk about and to hear stories about and so forth. So, yeah, I, I get yeah. you. Like, I can imagine, you know, me uh, 10 years ago hearing orb stories and being, like, interested but not in the same way as, you know, once I've seen yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and honestly, I really uh, – it was like a self-illuminated plasma, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know what to say about it. I do know that, like, on our way back up north, we paid close attention to that area because I wanted to show Lauren like exactly where this happened, where exactly where I saw it. And it's like coming in southbound through Culpeper area, directly between Brandy Station and Culpeper, whoever may be familiar, any listeners with that area. But apparently the largest cavalry battle in the Civil War was fought right there. Hmm. I know that you've done all kinds of things over and looked into a lot of stuff in Gettysburg area, but mm-hmm. we just happened to see this tiny sign on the way as we were paying so much attention to that coming back north. And we saw this tiny little sign that said hollow ground. And we we're like, oh, wonder what that's all about. But that's the only, I was about to say normal explanation, but, uh, you know, if, if you're going to think of it as far as some kind of like spirit uh, that's in the area after the battles or whatever but who knows man i I have no idea what it really is i mean i know that 
a number of these things that people encounter seem to be conscious and react and engage with people. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had anything like that happen personally, like in any kind of a reaction with one? Oh, yeah, yeah. When I took my friend John, who was pretty skeptical of these things, to Site 7, yeah, they really seemed to be kind of interacting with us. It was just incredible. We hiked into the woods during the day where we see the lights and we just stood there and waited till it got dark and when it got dark they were just the lights were coming right up to us it was absolutely fascinating it was like they were checking us out (laughs) yeah connecting the dots that's the same route 15 that goes up through gettysburg by the way okay yeah yeah Yeah. all right one just went on a long road trip i guess (laughs) from gettysburg i mean yeah who knows but i just find it interesting when you said 15 i was like oh i wonder if that's the same 15 so i I called up google maps i was looking like yeah it's the same 15 yeah i i I know this is just coincidence Uh, some people may not think so but like as soon as i saw that that night how i knew uh, i was going to be able to tell lauren exactly where this happened i was like i gotta pay attention like next exit sign so i can tell her right where this happened and i like took a screenshot of my ways and I looked at the next sign, and it's like going into like the the next exit on Culpeper is exit State Route six six six. I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" <laughs> but yeah, it, it was a bizarre thing. As I said, we came back to Maryland for like holidays and then like we had some COVID things that go down and ended up staying longer and we we're going to be taking off again uh, toward the summer. But uh, we've been back in the area for a little over a year. I already mentioned that I night owl and huge geology nerd. So I don't know if you've ever heard like heard of anything called the Uprolite. It's a stone that's found up near in like Great Lakes, I think like Michigan. Okay. And it was recently discovered within like the last 10 or 15 years, I believe. And some guy was just out on the beach with a UV light and he found this rock that like lights up like lava. It's a, a special kind of like a soda light that reacts under underneath of that, that UV light. And it, it seriously looks like volcanic lava mm-hmm. when this guy discovered it just out and about. So, and there's all kinds of minerals and like that all over the country, like Franklinite, New Jersey, whatever. Chesapeake Bay, I've found all kinds of things over the years uh, as far as uh, rock and mineral specimens, some larger than recorded state records for certain mineral types. Just kind of scared to report them <laughs> don't don't want them get taken away for oh, yeah, museum yeah. or whatever gotcha. but yeah. knowing about this eupolite thing and how it reacts to uv as well as all these other minerals i wanted to test that and play around with that i already had some reactive mineral specimens and i had like a cheap uv light and like 30 40 bucks so i went ahead and i bought myself a, a nice one that's like 100 150 bucks it's a long range uv light I already done some work. I was going to take a break. So around 10 p.m. one night, this was around 
late January, early February of 2022, I go down to our beach. We have a, a beach that in our little community, right? That's right on the bay, and it's real rocky. There's some sandy patches or whatever, but they're like rocky patches and sandy patches that then like get they're like these paths through Fragmighty that go around to another little beach and stuff like that. So anyway, I take a little shortcut to this like back inlet beach, and I've got a rechargeable headlight headlamp on my head. I've got a specimen bag to throw anything in that lights up under this UV uh, to collect and then like wash and, and add to the collection or whatever later. And I've got this UV light, right? So whenever I go out rock hounding, like it's known that I'm probably going to be gone for like two or three hours at least. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm gone for like five or six. I get wrapped up in it. I lose time really. Anyway, I'm out there playing around with this it, this for the first time, really, in the, in the area. Well, I guess it was the second time, but in, on this particular beach, it was the first time. And I'm slowly making my way down, and by slowly, I mean very slowly. Like, I very methodically look at everything, which is probably why I've found some of the things that I've found. But anyway, on one side of this beach where I go in this tiny little path, if if you're looking at the bay, it's all Fragmighty to your right, and through that Fragmighty, there's a path that goes around to another beach. I'm going left, okay? So I'm basically starting where the sand and rocks are and wrapping around to this other wall of Fragmighty where there is no other path. No one goes back there. It just kind of turns into marsh. Uh, I've taken kayaks back there a couple times. So anyway, I start on that side of the beach, around 10 o'clock could be a little bit later, but by the time I make it to the other end of the beach, which probably, I mean, it may be 150 yards long. So it's not a long beach and it's only maybe about 10 feet wide. But by the time I get there, it's around, one in the morning. Okay. So it's been a little while and this is a rechargeable headlamp, 150 lumens. And I'm not that familiar with it. And it's got like a few different settings and I always had it on like the highest setting. But by the time I get there near the edge, like right by this wall of Fragmighty, my headlight dies. And I'm just sitting there like with this bright, uh, quote unquote, bright uh, UV light, which doesn't really light up anything. It just, kind of a violet color on the ground. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm about 10 feet from the wall of Fragmighty. If anybody is familiar, like Fragmighty is these like marshy reeds, real tall. And out of nowhere, I haven't heard anything aside from like very lightly, like water lapping up on the shoreline. The completely dead cold winter night out of nowhere in, inside of that frag mighty line by couldn't have been more than five feet. I hear this real quick rush through frag mighty accompanied by a loud squealing and gurgling. Like 
something was just killed. Like, you grow up hunting and trapping, all that stuff. You know what it sounds when something dies. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what had just happened. Whatever it was that was squealing was fairly large. Uh, It was not a raccoon. Uh, I'm very familiar with the sound of them dying, unfortunately. (laughs) Our dog killed a lot of those in the country growing up. But it wasn't like a rabbit. Again, cats have heard that type of stuff. Spent a lot of time in the woods. That's what I'm trying to say. Whatever it was that died, it was probably something like a nutria or a otter or a beaver. Mm-hmm. It sounded too large to be like a muskrat. And being in wetland, I like that. It could have been a fox that died. Fox makes weird noises too. But anyway, what happened immediately after that? I had no idea what it was. Have you ever heard of the Umatella Screams? Uh, the name's familiar, but I'm trying to place them. Okay. So it's a... As soon as it dies, whatever it was, it stops gurgling. As soon as that stops, comes this blasting call of... It's like a bark mixed with a hyena, like a cackle like this and it's loud and I'm only about 15 feet from whatever it is that just killed something that's now making this barking cackling hyena ish call that's very, very loud. Mm -hmm. And so I immediately like I'm stand up because before I was crouched down and looking real small, I stand up, try turning my headlight back on, it turns on, it goes off. I try turning it on, it goes on, goes oh. off. It, so all I have is this UV light, which isn't illuminating much of anything. I finally remember that I could maybe it'll work on a lower setting, and it works on the lowest one. So I've got five lumens. <laughs> and wow. Yeah, that's not much. No, it's not. <laughs> um, it's a candle, basically. Yeah, yeah. Five tea candles that somebody can think about. That. So I've got five lumens. I've got this rock bag in my hand, and I don't know why I didn't just drop that. <laughs> but I immediately grab my pocket knife and put that in, in the hand that has the bag around the wrist, and I've got my UV light. And this is all in a matter of seconds. I then hear. So think of it like this. My right side, if I'm heading south on the bay, is like up against the water. Directly in front of me is this Phragmite patch that's 15 feet from me, wherever this, whatever this thing is, it just killed something. And then immediately to my left is this marshy area that you can't walk through. And it also has Phragmite, but it's a lot shorter. Mm-hmm. And some more grasses there. And I hear something run from behind me to down the left side and toward that call. And I am at this point, I put the UV. So I, I never saw it, whatever it was, it was fast and move. And it was, I didn't know if it was something that I know the second thing, second mm-hmm. something. Still don't know what it was, but I don't know if it was something that was trying to flank me or if it was trying to get to that first thing. 
because it was like a dinner call. Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what that sound was. I have never heard it in my life except for uh, the Umatella screams. Wow. I put the flashlight in my hand with the knife with the bag around my wrist and I start picking up rocks and start throwing them into the Phragmite as I'm backing away. Cause I don't want to turn and run and I don't want to turn my back on whatever this is, even though I don't have much to see with. <laughs> and I'm just throwing rocks and throwing rocks. And the thing just keeps chiming off. No clue what animal would sit there making a sound like that with, like fairly decent sized rocks raining down on it. Right. Yeah. It is bizarre. And as soon as I heard the thing run on to my elf to the left, I start throwing rocks in both directions. <laughs> like I never saw anything. All I, it was just this thing chiming off. And then this other thing that runs by my left and never saw anything. Just God, I wish I had a second light. Right. And just start throwing these rocks and backing away and backing away. I have to get to the completely other side of the, this inlet beach. And I'm probably about 20 feet or so from once I make it back, I'm not throwing rocks anymore because I can't throw that far, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So once I make it up closer to the side where I can take the path up to, uh, and go back up to my house, this loud noise comes from behind, like from where that path is that goes to the other beach. And I turn my light and even though it's only five lumens, there's a six point buck that does a, does a blow. It was just standing there, like had to been watching me throwing rocks at whatever the yeah. whole time. Yeah. But there's a six point buck that's just standing there and does this blow and, you know, there's grunts, there's, uh, you know, there's all kinds of different noises that deer make. A blow is, when they do that, it's so that they alert all the other deer in the area. There's danger here, let's move. Mm -hmm. So it did that, did a second blow, stomped his foot, and then took off in the opposite direction. So it just runs away from me, runs away from what whatever these things were that made the noise and, and also ran by my side. And that's when I got out as well. Yeah, that's the uh, other weird anomalous thing. The, yeah. the thing with that, so after digging into that, like I didn't know what Inventilla screams were, and I, I looked up every sound in the world trying to figure out what that was. And I then heard someone mention it. I think it was Wes on Chronicles actually mm -hmm. digging into this sound that is the Inventilla screams. And, uh, then there's also like this guy thinker thunker on YouTube who does like an analysis breakdown. You have to be on his premium to see his analysis, three part series of analysis, like of this vocal forensics that he does of what this creature could be. Like there's a large group of people that attribute it to the Sasquatch mm -hmm. Bigfoot. There's another group of people that maybe a third that associated with coyotes coyotes make a lot of weird sounds and i've heard them in the neighborhood we hear a lot more red fox than anything and they make a ton of weird sounds too yeah they do but how loud this thing was just blew my mind and i know it's a kill call at mm -hmm. this point 
where I've never heard anybody else tell a story about that particular sound. And uh, like apparently Wes from from Sasquatch Chronicles, he gets these sound clips and from all over the country. Mm -hmm. I think the Umatilla, I think that's Utah. I might be wrong, but like that's where it kind of blew blew up. It was like a a sound that's coming from a, there are two videos online and it's uh, Indian reservation and they're hearing this weird sound chiming off at night. And dude, it's so weird. Wait, just, you got to look it up. I will. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is haunting, especially when you're like 15 feet from it and it just killed something. Yeah. Yeah. I think I have heard them before. I just didn't. I've heard so many different vocalizations. I just couldn't place it. Yeah. Yeah. Hyena like, yeah. 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 The, the, the cackles really would get you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That and how loud it is when you're, it's, God, especially that close. It was so, just, it was very, very loud. When the second one came around your side, could you make an estimate as to how close it was to you? Uh, I would say that that one was probably about 25 feet, maybe 30. Wow. Um, so it was, a, it was a further distance, but it was off to my left. And being that, like, I was at the end of the beach, I was, like, right up to that mighty line. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if something was just watching me, like, mosey up the beach, and then something, uh, some kind of critter just happened to walk along its path, and it, it was like, oh, that's convenient. Right. And kill it. I, you would think Coyote would not put up with rocks being thrown at him either, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but, you would. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and... Like near the rocks, like I was picking up things that were like like two or three at a time, and I'm sure there's some like pea gravel mixed in there, but like a lot of the rocks that I was picking up is like the size of a lacrosse ball, mm-hmm. basically like two at a time. So you can't really pick up not very well three lacrosse balls, but right, right. like, but if you got hit with one of those, uh, like you'd move off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, like unless you're a bear, but a bear is not going to like make a sound like that either. Yeah. That's going to be a much deeper. Uh, like I heard bear when I was on a nature hike with my mom at a young age. Like that was the first time I heard a bear in the wild. And that was in Pennsylvania or no New York. Sorry, like I know what these animals sound like. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of me wants to lean toward coyote, especially since like the sound clips that I've heard from that, that gets sent in to, to West, like, and sorry to keep saying it, like plugging another, uh, oh, podcast Wes and I are friends. Just, it's, like Wes and I are okay, friends. It's totally right. fine. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. Like, no problem. Yeah. So, but like he's had clips come in from like upper West coast, the Texas. I've heard them from, uh, New Mexico, like all over. So as far as like, animal species with that type of terrain cover and habitat like that the coyote fits that but like i've also heard a handful of bigfoot investigators who have said that they've seen bigfoot make that sound oh that's and one yeah and one of them that have said that was one that apparently saw a female Sasquatch do that, make that same call in Cecil County, Maryland. 
Hmm. It was after it was made a fresh kill, and it was calling it in. It called like ringing a ding, dinner bell for baby. Oh wow! And that just rang too close to what happened to uh, in, in, under these circumstances, where mm-hmm. something killed, this thing called off, and then something else off to my side, but in the direction of that other thing, like it was a dinner bell. And prior to hearing like some of these accounts from investigators about the sounds i was more convinced that it was coyote but then when you when you intertwine those stories from quote-unquote first-hand accounts it makes you second guess so i'm like 60 percent coyote 40 percent maybe something bit right. else that could be big and hairy right. <laughs> you know i would say like that's that's the most shaken I've been in the wild. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you like two questions. Number one, did your headlight come on again later? Oh, it was batteries. Mm-hmm. It was batteries. Yeah, because I'd, I'd been out out there for hours at that point. It's also winter time, which also kills batteries. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it it had ran its full life. Okay, uh, for right. sure. So yeah, it wasn't a, a strangeness factor that killed it. No, okay. no, no, it wasn't, wasn't anything like that. The other question is, have you gone back at night again? I have. I haven't gone out that late at night. It's mostly been like sunset, and I just happen to be there at night as well. But I've also been at, there's a smaller, more private beach that I go to that doesn't really get any foot traffic at all. The, um, and that one I'm a little more comfortable. I was ambushed one night by about like nine raccoons. Oh, jeez. Um, oh, that's my nightmare. It, <laughs> it doesn't have anything on, on, on that screaming hyena thing, whatever that was. But yeah, they were, they were adolescents too. They were stubborn. They didn't want to, they didn't want to move. So I had to, uh, and so, and that's an interesting thing. So like, I, like throwing rocks, them to get like i hear something off to my side and i see it's <laughs> it's an insane amount of little green eyes coming at me <laughs> <laughs> you know throwing rocks in their directions like it makes them stop and move and climb a tree and stuff like that right so right like completely different type of reaction that you would tip it's the reaction that you would anticipate coming from an animal mm-hmm. uh, if it's having rocks thrown at it. And that was just long enough for me to grab my things and, and go up to the house. I wasn't going to stick around there. But, you know, they're scavengers. They're dead fish on the beach and stuff like that from time to time. So, you know, it's dinner time for them. Right, yeah. But, yeah, dude, I I have no idea what that was. I really, like, I want to... I really want somebody to have a video of it, of a coyote making that sound. Yeah. Or, or a Bigfoot, but, <laughs> but preferably a, a, a coyote. And just that's a little more comfortable if it's a coyote, you know, listening to your podcast, the red eyes that I saw, like, like after listening to yours, I was like, I wonder if you'd think it's an Albatwitch, hmm. like Albatwitch and Pugwudgie, like the typical, it's pretty much the same type of entity, right? I think so. Yeah, there's. I mean, a who knows, but they seem to be very similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and there are tales of those types of beings in the peninsula over here and in Delaware as well. But like, just the height, just 
seemed a bit on. I don't know if the eye spacing would be off for that or not. But um, any anyway, sorry, I get a little sidetracked talking about your things in your wheelhouse. All right, so all this has happened in the last four months, maybe five. Okay, so just to give you a time frame reference, the end of 2022 and on ongoing into 2023. And what's funny is like after I emailed you say if you wanted to talk and, and just kind of go through this I had one experience since that email as well that was extremely unique all right so work late into the night go to bed and early in the morning Lauren she gets up and goes to work and around 8 a.m all three of these happened around 8 a.m. Uh, or so, like probably anywhere from like 7.30 to 8.30. Okay. So the first time I am laying in bed and I'm, I'm a little out of it. It was like uh, Lauren had already gotten up and she left. She, she went to go into work uh, in town and the sun is already coming up and everything. And the end of the bed I feel a compression near my feet mm-hmm. and it and it, it, it felt like something sat down like a, a child sat down you, and, it, and you'd probably be talking something like we've got a foam mattress you know and it kind of jarred me out of sleep and like what was that? And I was like, Oh, I must be dreaming or something and put my head back down. So I go back to sleep and I feel small feet run up the bed. Probably I would guess around the size of a, of a three or four year old kid, a toddler, but not like clumsily walking or running as a toddler would mm-hmm. like this, whatever it is. And there's how to run properly, but around that weight, I guess. And that's what you, you like. You hear the don't hear because it's memory foam, but you feel this like foot, 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 like run from the bottom of the bed up toward my head. And like that jarred me significantly mm-hmm. turned and nothing there. Put my head back down and drift off. Nothing else. A couple of weeks after that, same scenario, Got a bit late, and Lauren's gone off either at work or going for her morning run. And I feel something like tug the blanket, and again, like jerks me like out of sleep, out of slumber, and I'm like, oh god, like what is this? What's what's happening here? Try to like shake it off thinking it's in my head and put my head down. Same thing runs up the bed. Hmm. These small feet at this point, I'm like, all right, this has happened before. And now I'm pretty out of sleep mode, but I know I need to get a little bit more sleep, right. put my head back down. Right. And close my eyes. And as soon as I close my eyes this time, the same feet run from the head of the bed down to the bottom of the bed. So it's like it ran up and then when it 
saw that I wasn't washing anymore. Or my eyes were closed. It ran from wow. the head of the bed down down the bottom. Then it didn't do it again, right? Come like three or four weeks later, same exact thing. Not necessarily in the same order, but like you feel something sit down or you you feel something compress the mattress. Mm -hmm. And then like, that's what jars you awake. Then you feel something run up the side of the bed. And, and, and there's nothing about this that feels like it has ill intent. Right. It just seems like almost like playful, like almost like a kid is like, with their parents or like even I remember being with my parents, like we get up before our parents, we run in the bed and, and, and run over to our parents and jump on the bed to wake them up. And <laughs> that's what it kind of feels like. It kind of feels like a playful, mischievous type of like time to get up mm-hmm. in what I'm sensing from this. Anyway, it runs up the bed and put my head down, runs down the bed again. And it does this a couple times this time. And that's when I actually got upset with it, whatever it was, whatever it is. And I literally yelled, like, would you knock it off? Like, (laughs) I can only imagine if Lauren was in the house, like, she would have been like, would have been like, what are you talking talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I was trying to get some sleep, (laughs) right? So it, it was just, like, frustrating. And it wasn't freaking me out just because of like how I was raised with things like this. But when I did that, I then laid back down after literally yelling that. And that's when I felt the mattress completely depress next to me Mm. as if whatever it is, it, it stopped and it laid next to me. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's when I got out of bed for the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one happened, I want to say, early, mid-January. Okay. Okay. And there was another time uh, that was in, at nighttime where, like, I felt like some kind of thing was in the, in the corner of the room um, that did have or could have potentially had bad intentions. And I basically spoke to it in my mind, warning it. I was like, "If it, look, if you have any bad intentions, this is not the house. You do not want to mess with me and my faith. I'm protected. And if you have any bad intent, you should leave now. So it didn't like banish anything, but I was just warning whatever it was that I was feeling and sensing in this corner of the room that night Mm -hmm. anyway uh, that was probably like uh it didn't seem like it was the same thing as those feet but it was only like a week or two after that last occurrence then i reached out to you i guess about a week and a half two weeks ago Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and nothing had happened in that that time frame since i gave whatever that was that kind of a warning, I guess you would say. Anyway, after I contacted you, this is a re- really weird night. So I didn't go to bed that late, and I was in the house alone this time. 
that actually the night that I, I did that warning to whatever that was, that's the only time that I, I was in the bedroom where like Lauren was actually in there with me and she was sound asleep. Mm-hmm. So I was also feeling a little maybe like protective. Sure. But after I emailed you that weekend, Lauren had gone up to visit family out of state in New Jersey. And I'd gone to bed at a, what anybody would think would be a reasonable hour, especially for a a, uh, Saturday night. And in the middle of the night, I had a dream, which I will, is also anomalous in itself, this particular dream. I had this dream and I was woken up by not something sitting on the bed, but imagine like you're laying in the middle of your bed and your feet are at the end and someone like leans on the bed with both of their hands on either side of your feet and it compresses the the blanket down around your feet. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what I was woken up to. That's what jarred me out of this sleep is something much bigger than whatever those little things were leaned on the bed with its hands mm. on either side of my feet while I was having this dream. And that woke me right up because it was big, mm-hmm. whatever it was. It felt like a very large person. I don't know if it was the same thing that I had warned previously or not, but how I was awoken and what it was that I felt did not feel like it had any kind of good intentions mm-hmm. or passive intention or whatever. And I said, I warned you before, I literally out loud. I know I sound like a crazy person, but I said, I, I warned you before, knock it off. And I then put my head back down on the mattress and some nights I'll sleep just head on mattress mm-hmm. and Tim like as soon as my head hit that mattress within that second the only way you can describe it is imagine as if, if somebody was underneath of the bed and grabbed the fitted sheet and just pulled as hard as they could oh jeez right under where your head is oh. and just like pulls you back like like you, that tension and like feeling not just in that fitted sheet, the pressure that it puts on the mattress, it, like that jarred me. Mm-hmm. Like it, it moved my body. Needless to say, I followed through with the warning and banished that through prayer. So that's what happened wow. there. But what's really strange on top of that is the dream that it interrupted. So a little about Lauren, like she's in school right now, getting her PhD on consciousness and subtle energies. Okay. We bonded and connected very quickly when we first started dating over various beliefs about energy beings from, uh, this dimension or ETs or parallel Anyway, the dream that I was awoken from, when I went to pick her up on the way back, I hadn't told her any of this, none of it. And she said, I had the craziest dream while I was at my parents. 
and she she said I was I had this dream and it felt so real. You were right there, and you're just looking down on me and smiling and and just like looking at me like you just love me so much. As soon as she said that, I was like, I had that same exact dream looking down on you. Oh, weird. There's lucid dreaming. There's astral travel. Um, there are things where certain people can connect with loved ones or friends in dream states. Yeah, and then like yeah, shared dreams. Yeah. Yeah. I've had crazy dream experiences, but like, I was like, you're not going to believe like, like we, we just went into it and she was just like, that's exactly what it was. Like how she described me looking down at her, just lovingly smiling at her. That's exactly what I remember doing in that Hmm. dream. And then being woken up by whatever that was in the dream. Were you, were you in the same room? Like did both of us dream the same place? Yeah, like were you in the room that you yeah. woke up in, essentially, in the dream? I was in New Jersey. Oh, okay. Where she right. was, where okay. where she was sleeping in the dream, okay. and that's in- also what she dreamt. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So, like in the dream, we dreamt the same thing in the same locality in that dream state. Right. Yeah, but it was more real than real. And when these, you know, the running and the, you know, not the initial pressure which wakes you up, but the pressure you feel afterwards, you're fully awake for these things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Based on the way that I was brought up and my own personal beliefs and everything, um, I have different beliefs than, than how I was raised. But one of the things that I believe that I was gifted with um, as a spiritual gift would be a, an abundance of faith. Mm-hmm. And I've had a lot of near-death experiences in my life. And a number of those can only, like the only reason that I'm still around is because something else was looking out for me. Mm-hmm. So like, it, it's not a, a gloating type thing, but it like dark entities or, or and whatever it may be like that, I was being visited by, or maybe I still get visited by the little guys in the future. Who knows? It doesn't shake me. Mm-hmm. I guess it felt very fey, <laughs> you know, that the little ones, the thing in the corner and whatever it was that woke me from that dream, those two things, whether they were the same or not, I don't know. Right. They've been unique thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Lauren and I, we, we do like, look at and learn about all kinds of things that would probably put a lot of people off. But I think the more you know about, uh, things, the, the better, Mm -hmm. the better you also know how to deal with certain things. Mm -hmm. And your podcast certainly helps with a number of those things for sure. The small beings, those are fine to have around, but the big guy, uh, not so much. Yeah. Wow. Well, do you get the sense that it worked? I I do. Mm -hmm. I fell asleep pretty quickly after praying what I needed to pray. Mm -hmm. That's part of, like, it really applied faith, not having that anxiety going around, wondering if it's going to work or anything, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, Sure, yeah, yeah. 
but it, it is interesting listening to people like your brother Richard comes on your show from time to time. He's he's had some uh, some pretty he's had some really great conversations that I've listened to multiple times with him. Yeah, he's a real treasure. Yeah, Kyle, thank you so much for sharing your stories. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me on. It's nice to be able to talk to somebody about it. Sure thing. You know, outside keep, of Lauren, keep us posted <laughs> if anything else happens. Yeah, we'll do, man. I would like to thank Rebecca S. for helping me out. Downloaded a whole bunch of stuff for me that I needed. So thank you so much, Rebecca. And I want to thank Shane T. I think Shane is UFO Bigfoot on Instagram. Sent me a bunch of cool stickers. So thank you, Shane. I made you spaghetti tonight. Do I get a shout out? (laughs) Shout out to Allison for making a delicious pot of spaghetti. Thank you. Very good. I enjoyed it. So what do we have for our curiosity? Well, this lady, I mean, I've had her for a while so much when I started to like, I feel like I start to know people the longer I hang on to photos and then I get reticent to actually give them up because mm-hmm. they're like Cause you're insane. family. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. But this lady I've had for a while, but I feel like she's ready to go to a new home with someone who can appreciate her. She's so pale at first i thought maybe she had albinism but i think she's just old and like has kind of turned to a powder i would be the judge of that let me see this i don't think she really has albinism i think she's just very pale and her hair has turned white but she has a very ghostly pallor and a very ghostly quality to her yes i think she looks like she would be a medium or a large (laughs) you could be beat me to it now Mm mm-hmm is that a pin or a brooch or something that she's wearing there? Let me see. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah. But it's not black. So even though the rest of her clothes appear black, I'm going to say she's not in mourning. No, she's not in mourning. See? I'm learning stuff from you, Alfie. The cool thing about it is like her eyes must be so light of a particular shade of blue that they're showing up almost as um, nothing. And like it, they look like some people do when they're deceased and you just see the tiny little... Bits of what's the brown part? What's the center part here? Pupil. Pupil. Yeah. She has a, a freaky quality to her, does she not? She does. And this was taken in uh, Barristers Hall, Lowell, Massachusetts. Is that how they say that town? This is a Zoe question. Massachusetts has all those funny town names. Like, I'm, <laughs> I was going to say a bunch and just say them totally in the wrong way to just make people <laughs> just in that area. Just make Massachusetts just... people go crazy. I would get a lot of emails. I did get an email about. Haver de Grace? Yeah. Someone told me that in the county. Okay. I forget how they told me. They said they said I was putting too much emphasis on the R. Uh, you were saying like Haver, and it's more like Have de Grace. I think so. I think that's the way they say it. Probably still saying it wrong. So yeah, I am. Happy to be corrected by someone who lives there because we should learn the, the pronunciation as the locals say it because that is the correct way. So do we have to say we are from Retline? <laughs> Ret, Retline. Retline. This is a cabinet card. Mm, that it is. 1891. That sounds good. I mean, actually, that's pretty. That's what I would guess. All right. Early 1890s. So I'm getting better at this. Yeah. 
I'll put an image of this in the show notes. If you click on that, it should take you to our Etsy shop where you can purchase this wonderful photograph and other curiosities of the week. And let's hear it for some older people because they're underrepresented in the world. Absolutely. I'm going to give a little advice out here. You can't stay young forever. Cannot. I'm leaning in. (laughs) This is the thing. Like when you're younger, vampires sound really cool because you've never had your back go out on you. (laughs) The older you get, the more you're like... I'll live forever? I don't think yeah. so. <laughs> seems like a terribly sad thing. We've been over this in our vampire shows where it's just like everyone you love dies and then like, nah. And you never get to experience the real human condition of knowing your mortality and aging. And Plus you like you literally are living like a leech off of people. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, it's not for me. I'm leaning into the old age thing though. I ordered some clothes from a catalog today, <laughs> like a print catalog. <laughs> I really felt old. I had to call somebody up on an 800 number. Wow. Did you have to send a money order? (laughs) That was one of the options. It still had, the catalog still had like the thing you could, the the paper form you could like fold up and mail in if you wanted and just write your your credit card number on it. And close a check. And close a check. That's adorable. Yeah. Is this for uh, sneakers with like two Velcro straps on them? (laughs) No, it's not that bad yet. (laughs) Did you order me a house dress? I probably I do have. like my grandmother in her later years and by later years I think people that generation is like 32 onward. <laughs> she wore like a button-up house dress and then turned the heat up to like 93 and just kind of lived in a tropical paradise. <laughs> 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 I feel like if we could afford it, but that that's a luxury of the greatest generation to be able to afford heat like that. <laughs> We can't afford that. Generation X can't afford heat. Yeah. Well. And any succeeding generation. Sorry, we... Yeah. It wasn't all us. It wasn't all us. We participated in the downfall of humanity, but we didn't cause it. Yeah. As as all of you younger will unwittingly do as well. Yes. yes. It's a continuum. Getting back to Etsy, where people can buy the curiosities of the week and other curiosities that still may be there. Mm-hmm. I added a bunch of new artwork to Etsy. First of all, the artwork for this episode is available. You mm-hmm. can purchase that on Etsy. But wait, there's more. There is more. My lovely wife found the original artwork to the cover of Stone Breath's Nightbird Psalm album. You can purchase the original artwork to that. That's up there on Etsy. Comes with a signed copy of the Nightbird Psalm. Both artwork and CD signed by me. Found a really cool set of moth drawings. A set of three by the set. I was going to put them up individually, but I thought, hey, they should probably stay together. They look nice together. Mm-hmm. So a set of three moth drawings is up there. And we found prints of the Undeath series, which is a series of prints I did way back before the podcast. But they're scratchboard prints. I think they look really nice. And the way they're printed. It really looks almost like silver on black. Yeah. Yeah. Printer did a really nice job with them. They're super detailed. There's one that's, uh, I think it's St. Valentine. It's just called the Jeweled Martyr. There's one that's like a magician. I call him the Spectral Illusionist. Those are the two most popular prints in the series. There's a third with a guy with a candle in his head, ghost, and a uh, sort of a skull bird-headed thing. They're all back in stock. Get them all now. So that and much more at Etsy. All of my books are there. More artwork, more prints. Strange Familiars t-shirts, stickers, and more. Allison has lots of antique photos up there. Go ahead and check it out. Our shop name is Lost Grave. It's one word. You can type in that. It'll ask you on Etsy, did you mean the shop Lost Grave? 
Or if you type in Strange Familiars, you should see our stuff come up. Shopping at our Etsy store helps us continue to make the podcast. It's another way to support us. So thanks for everyone who does. I think that's it for this week, Allison. Anything else? No, I'm really excited. It's springtime. It is. It's nice. Yeah. Warmth, sun, vitamin D. All right. Well, we'll be back soon with more Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, Music Books, Art, Podcasts, and more. Intro and background music is by Stone. Stonebreath. If you want to hear more Stonebreath or purchase music by Stonebreath, you can go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com. There's also a catalog coming <laughs> with a coupon. <laughs> Remember when we used to have to make catalogs? Back from the record label days? It was fun because we would go to, there was this this fun place, kids called Kinko's. (laughs) It was a photocopy store. And the one we went to was open 24 hours. It was nearly an hour away. Mm -hmm. And we would go and there was a coffee shop in it. Mm -hmm. And we would just go and get zines and coffee. And and coffee. And we thought we were having a pretty banging night out. I mean... (laughs) Fun times. You remember them fondly. I can I tell do. by the way you talk about we, it. was fun. It was like, oh, we got to go to, we got to go spend all night. And, and there was something appealing about like just being like, it's two fifteen in the morning. Let's get the zine printed. Mm-hmm. Now it's like eight forty five at night, and it's like, where? Well, it's that, and then where are we going to eat? Because everything closes at four thirty now. Oh yes, post pandemic. But think restaurants are not open late anymore. I know. Where does any it, Octavian and I on a Saturday night after he came to that creature feature thing with me. We wanted to go to, like, I don't know if it's a chain restaurant or what. I, don't, I won't say their name, but they have multiple locations. I guess they are a chain. It's just, I don't know if they like are. Like a regional chain. Yeah, I don't know if they're outside of Maryland, Pennsylvania. But in any case, you'd think they would be open till 9 on a Saturday. No. They were closed. They were, like, 8 p.m. They were closed. 8 p.m. on a Saturday. Yeah. There are places where people don't even think about eating dinner till later than that. Right? What is going on? <laughs> Can we... Should we just start our like Andy Rooney kind of? I know. Just podcast? lean into the old age. We'll just yeah. start. I mean, I've already referenced Andy Rooney. Mm-hmm. So I'm ordering clothes out of the print catalog. What is happening? <laughs> Strange Familiars is on Facebook, though. Speaking of old people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Facebook.com slash Strange Familiars. You can join the Strange Familiars gathering group there. And we're on Instagram. Is that a young person thing? I think that's just an average person thing now, right? Instagram isn't even for young people. It's no, just that's for, not for young people. For anybody. That's like millennial to Gen X. At Strange Familiars on Instagram. And then we're on the web. The web. We are on the World Wide Web. The Charlotte's Web or the World Wide Web? The World Wide Web. Oh. The H- one that goes everywhere. HTTP <laughs> colon slash slash www dot Strange Familiars. Dot com. Can I use my AOL address and just write right to that? You really can. Yeah, mm-hmm. find our email address in there and, and write us from AOL. Or Com- CompuServe. CompuServe, yeah. I, was. I can look you up on the Alta Vista web. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ask Jeeves about it. <laughs> we'll tell you all about strange familiars. That's enough, Tim. <laughs> Thank you.